G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Joining me on the line right now is Dr. Camille Magdaly. How are you, mate? I'm good, Matt. How are you? Wonderful. I've been hearing great reports from your meetings all around Australia. For those in WA who want to see you this weekend, where are you speaking tonight? I'm at Subiaco Church of Christ, 260 Bagot Road in Subiaco at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And what about over the weekend? Over the weekend, I'm at the Perth Messianic Assembly, and that's on Saturday afternoon. I'm then in Northam, and that's Saturday night. And then two meetings at the Grace City Church in Osborne Park. That's the morning meeting at 10, and I believe the evening meeting is at 6 p.m. Wonderful, mate. There's uh, some great events happening there. Once again, all the details for these events are at our website, vision.org.au, the Understanding the Times Tour. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that won't get along to see you speak, and they've enjoyed our little chats on the radio. I've had some feedback saying, oh, can you tell us a bit more about what he's talking about? So let's, let's just unpack these four cities that you're focusing on. Let's begin with Australia. Let's look at Canberra. What's uh, your latest take on the events happening in Canberra? Well, to be honest, I bring Canberra in uh, just as a point of reference, but it really is about Australia as a whole, which I think will be more satisfying anyway (laughs) to everyone. And that is I talk about two portraits. Both of them are accurate, and both of them are very, very different. We have a horrible drought, as you know, in Queensland and New South Wales and Tamworth and Dubbo are being threatened of running out of water. It's, it's horrible. But the natural drought seems to have a spiritual correlation, and that is increasing secularization, that is denuding and drying out the spiritual life of the nation, which is not how Australia always has been. But see, the secularism has taken its toll. I mean, the fact is only 8% of Australians are in church Um, more than once a month, for example. And we were rated as a country, the 12th most unreligious country on earth. And also the amount of people saying they are Christian has decreased from 88% in 1966 to 52% in 2016. So there is that portrait. But there's another portrait, Matt, and that is of Christian Australia, Christian even from before the Europeans put their toe on it. And Southland of the Holy Spirit, federated on the 1st of January 1901, which was the day that the modern Pentecostal revival commenced. Now we've got a Pentecostal prime minister. An immense amount of Christian activity has happened in this nation throughout its colonial and federated history. The fact we're still having prayers said in Parliament should say something about our heritage. And an Australian historian, Stuart, Piggin has said we are one of the most Christianized societies on earth because it's still embedded in our culture despite a 50-year culture war. So these are what we're looking at as we explore Australia. 
And, you know, uh, I spoke to Martin Niles from the Christian Lobby recently. He was at the Canberra Prayer Breakfast uh, with uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison, who spoke, and also our Governor-General David Hurley, who's also a born-again Christian. And he said he's never seen so many politicians turn up to one of these events. He says in previous years you'd only see a handful of them there. He said there was it was just full, you know, lots of Christians praying actively together in leadership in our nation. We've never seen a time like this uh, in recent times in, in my memory, Camille, have we? No, we haven't. And I believe that we need to focus on the spiritual life because I really believe that will be the answer for the drought mm. because the drought cannot be cured by government spending alone. It's God in heaven that opens the heavens and pours out the rain. And the scripture talks about it, and it does actually work. So let's focus on the spiritual side, and God will rain down blessing, literally Mm. as well as spiritually, on the earth. Amen. And I know there's lots of heavy rains forecast over the next week, and uh, let's pray that they get to the right places in our nation. Uh, Well, that's a good focus on Australia. Let's turn our eyes towards Jerusalem. Uh, This is one of the major cities you're discussing uh, in your tour. Tell us what's the latest there. Well, the biggest latest is Israel still doesn't have a government yet. They have a parliament, but their government has not been formed because they've had two inconclusive national elections, one in April and the other in September. So there's talk of a unity government, but... To have that, somebody's going to have to swallow their pride (laughs) and come in coalition with the other party who they fiercely fought against during the election campaign. This has never happened in Israeli history. Now, normally what happens is that every election brings a hung parliament. For Australia, that's a big deal when we have a hung parliament or a minority government. But in Israel, it happens every single election. That is normal. But what is not normal is to have no government at all. So that in itself is a cause for concern. But, of course, the bigger issue is Jerusalem itself, which is, as I often say, the biggest single foreign policy issue in the world today, causing many foreign ministers to have migraines or sleepless nights, what to do about this city of sand and stone tucked there in the Middle East. And I give uh, the biblical reason why it is such a bone of contention. But as I said, the immediate issue is, of course, the formation of government. The longer-term issue is who is going to own Jerusalem. Well, let's certain, uh, certainly keep watching and understanding the times of what God's doing in the middle uh, of, uh, of Israel, and uh, let's keep praying for the peace of Jerusalem, a very important thing for us to do as believers. Let's turn our attention towards Washington, uh, there's still so much talk about what's going on with Donald Trump and the, you know, the the latest uh, impeachment, uh, you know, discussions going on. Uh, what's the latest in Washington? Well, it's really like a political civil war at the moment. And on one side, you have the House Democrats who have been sharpening their knives probably for the last two and a half years, looking for any excuse they can to impeach Donald Trump. Now, why would I say that? Well, it's very simple. They were talking about impeaching him before he ever put his hand on a big fat Bible and said the oath of office. In other words, they wanted to impeach him before he even did anything that is impeachable. So when you have that kind of motivation, then really it is uh, 
it's a foregone conclusion. That's what they're going to try to do. They want to try to impeach him, try to do it with the Russians. And apparently that didn't work. So now they've moved to Ukraine and they think they may have a case, although uh, the transcripts are there for all to read. So they, I believe they've stepped on a slippery slope. And unless Nancy Pelosi can use the emergency brakes, they will head to impeachment probably early next year. But at the same time, the Mueller investigation, which failed to come up with any collusion with the Trump administration, now they're being investigated by the Attorney General, William Barr, investigating the investigator as it is. It's turned into a criminal investigation. So you've got the two sides. You've got the Trump administration investigating what happened with the Russia probe, because there's people in prison over this that probably shouldn't be. And then you've got the House Democrats busting to impeachment. So it really is very, very fractious, but not surprising. And I think, Matt, what people have to understand, there is a spiritual component here. This is the culture war on steroids, because after all, Mr. Trump all by himself is fighting back in this war. He's actually America's first wartime president in the culture war, and he's doing it all by himself. He's fighting political correctness. He's fighting identity politics. He's fighting intersectionality. He's like Samson among the Philistines. And it's, it's amazing to watch, but of course it will have high drama, and I believe that drama will continue. But one of the House Democrats actually spilt the beans they said, because they were asked, well, why don't you wait until the national election, which is only a year away? Why go through all this trouble and bother and, of course, put needful legislation on hold while you're trying to get the president? And the answer he gave is simple. Well, if we leave him alone, he might get reelected. Mm, certainly uh, tumultuous times there. And, you know, I just thank God for people like Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, I'd say all these well-known Christian pastors, uh, you know, going to the White House, uh, praying for the president, speaking into his life, you know. Thank God for good Christian leaders surrounding him right now. And potentially one day, uh, you know, Kanye West has said he might throw the hat in the ring to be the president one day. What are are your thoughts on Kanye, uh, Camille? (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) Well, one thing about him, I, I just actually spoke to a young man here in Katani, here in Catanning, population of 4,000, he was talking to me about Kanye West. And he said to me that Kanye may have become a Christian and that his lyrics are getting more sanctified. Now, I don't know. You may know that better than I. But one thing about this man is he's going against the tide of the entertainment industry by making a stand for Donald Trump and then, then they make a stand for himself to run for president. So I don't know. This is news to me. But frankly, uh, (laughs) in light of what we've been seeing of late, uh, he may be just as capable of making (laughs) a good contribution as anybody else, because, uh, you know, we've seen some, shall we say, rather extreme policies coming from the Democratic Party in the U.S., at least from the declared candidates. I mean, there was a time that Bernie Sanders would have looked so you know, far, far left, and now he's starting to look a bit mainstream mm. compared to some of his competitors wow. for that Democratic nomination. Well, I can tell you, Camille, about uh, Kanye West. Uh, Martin Niles from the Christian Lobby also told me that he'd read all the lyrics in his latest album and found them to be theologically correct, so that's a good start. 
and uh, there's uh, there's billboards all around the world with the words "Jesus is King." Kanye West's new album is available, you know. Um, so the oh, whole world's really? talking about Jesus right now because of this new album, and uh, oh. you know it's certainly uh, and and it's like a, a Saul to Paul conversion. So uh, let's keep praying for Kanye and Donald Trump and the US. Uh, but let's move across to London. So much instability with Brexit. Uh, what's the latest there? Well, the British Parliament finally, finally, finally agreed to having an election. I think it's the 12th of December. And of interest, Matt, the uh, British electoral system is a national election every five years. Well, Britain will now be having its third election in four years. And so there is the potential of election fatigue by the half of the British electorate because of, of this thing. But it is all due to Brexit and the deadlock that has been present there. Part of the reason or major reason for the deadlock, Matt, is very simple. The British Parliament is overwhelmingly full of Remainers, and they're not particularly wanting to have a Brexit. Now, I have read the statements of some parliamentarians of why they were opposing a Brexit agreement. And they actually, and I'm talking about earlier on, not presently with Boris Johnson, but during the time of Theresa May. And they, they came up with very sincere and honorable reasons why they opposed and, and not, and they actually wanted the thing to work, but they couldn't in good conscience vote for it. So what I'm getting at is there's you know, hundreds of people in the British Parliament, and there are some that are conscientious, noble, mature, but others are really being devious. They're making excuses to try to hold the nation up. And remember, Britain has now been granted its fourth or third extension of the Brexit deadline. It was 29th of March, then it was the 12th of April, then 31st of October, and now it's the 31st of January. And it's getting very, very tiresome. Sooner or later, something you have to give. So at least the parliament finally has done the right thing. When you can't resolve an issue like Brexit, which is the biggest issue, by the way, for Britain since the end of the Second World War, then take it to the people and have an election. That's what happens in Australia, and that's what is now happening in Britain. Well, it's always wonderful to hear these current events from a biblical perspective. And once again, if people want to hear Dr. Camille Majdali uh, in uh, Perth this weekend. You'll find all the links to the uh, many sessions he's speaking at across the weekend. You'll find all the links at our website, vision.org.au. Uh, such an honour to catch up with you today. Dr. Camille Majdali from Teach All Nations, uh, praying for God's blessing on the rest of the Understanding of the Times Tour. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 